0: Check check 1212. What is up everybody? You are listening to episode six of Perfection Unfolding with me, Kara G. How the hell are we? Last week was so wild and there was so much going on that I totally forgot to just intro the show. So today I wanted to make sure I hit you with a strong start. Um also All of my roommates are home. Like, all, at least seven of them are here. So, if you hear them talking uh, in the background, I'm going to do my best. Oh, there they are. To isolate the audio where you can just hear my voice. Um, I'm going to be a little bit louder today because the last couple of weeks I've been a little bit quiet. Because you know what? I feel like y'all missed my goofy side, okay? (laughs) From episode two and I think three. I mean, holy hell, I can't believe we're already on episode six. This is wild and for those of you haters out there who didn't think I was going to make it this far no i'm just kidding all 11 of you are uh loyal loyal uh loyal listeners um and i'm happy you're here i mean turn up we've got a little club going on um i think i know at least four of you hey mom how's it going um who are listening so i appreciate you guys for tuning in episode 6 i mean we're in it now we're in the thick of it they say There's some kind of statistic out there that says if you make it past episode seven, then like your podcast is good, like you're in it, you're doing it, this is a part of your routine, this is a part of your life now, welcome to the club. So that being said, let's get into this week's episode. Last week, I was talking to y'all about how much of a struggle it was to get the episode going and this week, I'm not going to lie to you, like a little bit easier, I will say that to get it, to get it done, to show up for myself. However, uh, I am feeling so, I feel low, you guys. I'm feeling really low, like mentally in my internal world. And I'm sure it's for lots of reasons. It could be, I don't know, because I moved across the country and I left behind all my closest friends. It could be that my friends, kids are growing up without me. It could be that I'm going to miss the birth of my niece because my sister's with child. Shout out, Reagan. It's just a lot of things are going on in my mind. It's I, I'm still thinking about my ex. Hey, shout out if you're listening. Um, and just how, yeah, how much I miss them in full transparency. <laughs> just a lot of things. It could be all those things. I'm pretty sure it's all those things. Um, But it's also that because all this change has been happening, like I have not been doing any of my routines, right? Like I haven't been eating well. I haven't been sleeping well. I haven't been working out. I haven't been dancing. I haven't been moving. I haven't been reading. I've been journaling, but just not as much as I'm Tell myself I'm I'm going to, and I just and of course I feel low. You know I feel so I feel like depressed a little bit, and I haven't felt low like this in a in a long time. And I wanted to start the show off just by kind of t- speaking to this mind body connection because the old version of me when I would feel like this I would just double down on the things that made me feel better. Right, I would eat the sugar, which I've been eating a lot of sugar. I've been eating sugar every day pretty much for the last four weeks. Okay. Mind you, before I moved, before I was in the transition of moving, I didn't eat sugar for about two and a half months. Like I totally cut out sugar. I totally cut out caffeine right after uh, my ex and I broke up or kind of in transition of that happening. And I felt amazing right before I left. I would like, I felt lighter. I felt i was thinner i mean i lost like another 5 pounds um not that the thinness is what i cared about but i just felt lighter in my body like i had more stamina when i was teaching dance class and i just felt good i was living in alignment i was making these choices to move across the country and that felt like my next right step i started my podcast you know i was like on fire creatively i was reading every day i was working out every day for the most part eating well for the most part and not doing the things that hurt my body. I was taking care of myself. Right. And then, you know, fast forward to like the last two weeks before I left and, you know, part of me is celebrating. So I'm like eating the shuggies and, and eating the good food and, oh, there's my roommates <laughs> and, uh, doing all these things that make me happy, but I was doing them with an energy of like celebration. Right. Now because I've struggled with sugar and because I've struggled with the working out and because I've struggled with showing up for myself in the past and I had I've I've created this routine for myself to to combat that but because I've struggled with it in the past like it's like once you're an addict you're always an addict in my brain you know well for the sugar at least everything else you can always build new habits and I had built new habits but because all this change was happening right like I had no structure in my day like the last 2 weeks I was I was fitting in dance classes and I was painting my house and I was, you know, just packing up my life and getting things ready for my new roommate. And there was no structure in my day. And then, you know, I go on the road for a week with my mom and we're eating road food, which is chips and, and beef jerky and protein bars, which to me are like the the healthiest thing I could find at the gas station, but still not the best thing I could eat, Right. So I go on the road for, for for a week with my mom and we're staying in hotels and we're going to sleep and waking up at different times and we're eating different food and I'm in different climates, right? And I'm at different elevations and I go into the mountains and then the time's changing and all these things are happening to then, to then take me to last week, I start a new job, right? I haven't had a nine to five job in six months. I've been an independent contractor for six months, working irregular hours, you know, getting used to taking siestas during the day, like just napping in the middle of the day because I'm, I wore myself out by 10 a.m., you know, doing my own projects in the morning. And then I'd work again at nighttime. So I started a job last week working nine to five again. And I'm like, what the freak? Like my body's freaking out. Just like, I'm still not used to the time change. So I'm going to bed at like two in the morning every night. I'm waking up and drinking my protein shake and then I'm eating this school lunch for lunch and dinner every day last week because food's provided where I work because it is a camp for kids and that food's not the normal food that I would eat, right? Like I normally would buy steaks and salmon and vegetables and when I'd cook, that's what I would make. It's these high protein whole food meals and here it's a little bit different. There's a little, little more fried food, a little more bread, a little more I don't know what they're making food, right? And I'm eating it because it's saving money. Because again, I haven't had a traditional job since last June. And I haven't had a, a a job job since November 1, since the beginning of November. So I'm dipping into my savings. That's also stressful. So I have all of these environmental factors at play. All this change at play. All of this inconsistency at play to the point where like I have not done any of my self-care habits at all in four weeks. And a couple of days ago, I noticed, well, probably I noticed whenever I was driving down here, I had the self-awareness, which thank you for self-awareness. My journal has also helped me with this, but I noticed I'm just like feeling depressed. <laughs> you know, I'm feeling, I've been feeling low. I've been feeling lonely, right? I've just been having low thoughts. I haven't been wanting to write in my journal. And when I do write in my journal, like I've put a couple entries in there that I've, I've only been one page and normally it's three pages for me. Normally I can't shut up when I'm writing in my journal, you know? And, um, and so this dawned on me and I, and I sat there for a second and I was like, where is this coming from? Like, this doesn't feel like it's coming from me. Like, yes, I've been going through a lot and I've feel like I've been processing that in like real time for the most part, through my journal and through self-reflection and and you know all that jazz so i'm like where is this coming from and then i'm like oh you know like i haven't been doing a single thing a single part of my ritual to take care of myself i've been eating like i said i've been eating the sugars i haven't been working out i haven't been um in community with my friends i haven't been sleeping well I've been sleeping like averaging like five hours a night and that's on top of the grief I have from all the stuff, all the other stuff that's happened in my life. Right. So it's like all of this chaos is going on around me on top of the, the grief that I am still processing in the background tab of my brain. And I'm just like, Whoa, okay. This isn't just a you thing. Like, these are things that we can implement. Like, okay, I haven't been doing my routine. What's step one, right? And mind you, all of this is going on. Last week's my first week back in an office. What's the first thing I do to help come combat quote unquote, all of these feelings, these low emotions, this newness? First thing I do is I reach for those cupcakes at lunch because there's dessert every day. And not only do I reach for the cupcake, but I do the same thing that I did when I worked in an office before. I take one cupcake and I eat it. And then because I had that one cupcake, the rest of the day I'm fiending for more. Like my body's just like, yes,
1: sugar.
0: And I shit you not, in one day I had two cupcakes and I licked the icing off of a third one and threw the cake away. Like, tell me, I have a problem without telling me I have a problem. I freaking have a problem, bro. Okay. It was so easy for me to to give up the sugar, which is one of my biggest, my biggest enemies, when I wasn't in an office anymore, because if I didn't buy it at the store, it didn't live in the house. Right? <laughs> And again, I've been eating sugar for the last three weeks. So when I got to this place, it was like, well, I already made the exceptions before. Like, I just moved. That's my exception. Let's celebrate. You know, I just got here. First week of work. Let's celebrate. I I started making all these justifications, right? And then the next day they had, instead of cupcakes, they had like pumpkin bread with icing. And I didn't like the cream cheese icing. So what I do, I just scraped off the icing and had four slices of pumpkin bread. And I'm like, what am I doing, bro? Like I do this to cope with my feelings. Like I was just talking about this last week and and the week before of just like these shitty coping mechanisms that I used to have when I was unaware of myself, when I was like self-sabotaging myself and not living in integrity. Like taking care of my body is a part of my value system, right? My health is a part of my value system. These sugars do not align with my health and what I value. And yet here I was, indulging because guess what? Like there's so much going on around me that I can't cope or I was, I was choosing to cope in a maladaptive way. And so I sat down with myself this weekend, uh, yesterday and I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about on the show today and think just, you know, kind of disappointed that I wasn't feeling inspired and I wasn't feeling creatively motivated. I was just feeling kind of meh. And so I journaled, and I'm pretty sure um, I'm pretty sure I was journaling about just how I was feeling and how I was feeling. Just admitting to myself how I was feeling was like step one, because I've kind of been dis- I've been disassociating from how I'm how I was feeling the last week and a half. And honestly, on on the road on the drive out to California when I was with mom, I could feel myself declining with every sugary treat I ate with every like night I stayed awake on my phone I could just feel myself in decline and like watching kind of watching myself like I was watching a movie and wasn't doing anything about it like I could have not eaten sugar on the road I could have worked out every night in those hotel rooms I could have done a number of things to to help keep my my schedule to help keep my my rituals in check, but I didn't, you know, because I was tired and I made excuses for myself. And now I'm dealing with the repercussions of those decisions. And that equals burnout, depression, sadness, right? All feelings I've dealt with before. And I, I haven't really felt them in a long time. Like I haven't felt, I haven't felt the consequences of self-inflicted depression, you know, by not taking care of myself in a long time. I've been sad for because of situations that have happened over the last, you know, the last half of the year. Um, but those were things that, that happened outside of me. That wasn't because I was doing it to myself, because I was inflicting the pain. And so this is the first time in a long time that I'm experiencing this. And it's kind of disappointing. <laughs> if I'm being honest, it's disappointing and excuse me. Oopsie. And I'm, I'm not I wouldn't say that I'm ashamed of myself but like it's just it's just crazy that like it can all happen so quickly four weeks is all it took four weeks and and I want to say two things a the old version of me would have been disappointed in like me in my personhood and I would have you know kicked myself and I would have I would have been like you like what what the hell like you piece of shit you know what i mean like you had one job how did you fumble the ball like what the hell and now i'm like listen i have compassion for myself i have grace for myself i have been moving and and a lot of things have been going on and there's nothing i can do to go back and change the last 4 weeks right there's nothing i can go back and do to fix or edit my behavior but what i can do moving forward is is do what i'm doing right now acknowledging what happened, taking responsibility for it and moving forward with this awareness that like by implementing these habits, these habits and these, these rituals, I will get back to homeostasis. I will get back to peace. I will get back to health. I will get back to expression instead of depression. Right. I will, I will relieve my dis-ease if you will. And so I wanted to share that. I've just been struggling and I I miss my friends and I've, I'm i just, I'm still madly in love with my ex and um,
1: I can't talk about it too much because I'll cry, but it makes me laugh
0: because um, I've only been at my, my job for a week and I work with all dudes. I'm the only girl in the office. There's six of us and they're just a bunch of goofballs and they remind me of just being in college and um
1: it's been a lot of fun but the running
0: joke is that uh you know I should call them <laughs> you know what I mean it's like we've just been you know all of us are going have gone through or are going through like relationship problems or you know whatever and uh i'm just like yeah you know it's I'm still in love with my ex, so there's that. And they're just like, bruh. (laughs) But uh, anyway, it is what it is. But, you know, I'm out here essentially alone, surrounded by people. And I won't be alone, surrounded by people for much longer, but that's just kind of the, the rub of starting fresh and starting new is that you have to start all over again. You have to reintroduce yourself to people. You have to acclimate to your surroundings. You have to get comfortable in a new environment, you know? Um, But when you are starting new, like you, you have a lot of time to think.
1: You have a lot of time to, yeah, just
0: to think. And that's, that's just also been a part of this journey for me too. But, but the main thing I want to get across is the fact that like, I had this realization that I haven't been taking care of myself. And so today, Monday, December 18th, I was day one of me starting again, getting back to like, now that I'm a week into my house where I'm living, you know, my clothes are unpacked. It's not perfect. I still have some things I need to like edit and, and take care of. But now that I'm, if I, I'm settling in, right. I can get back to those rituals. I can get back to my morning routine. I can get back to cooking good food for myself and supplementing it with the, with the food that's offered at my job. I can get back to doing my 20 minutes of work at, working out in the morning, my 20 minutes of writing in my journal, and my 20 minutes of reading every day. Three things that I do to, to uh, self-care. And when I don't do those things, then it's like, I'm, there's not a single point in my day where I show up for myself. And that makes me feel like shit, <laughs> to be quite honest. Like, and I feel like shit right now in my body, in my mind, in my spirit. It's just, it's not a good feeling. So today was day one. Today was day one of me going to work and not eating the cupcakes at lunch, or you know, stopping at the store and looking for a keto ice cream. Um, did I eat a peanut butter and date sandwich? I did. That was my that that was my uh, my trade off. Did I also eat you know two big spoonfuls of honey in my tea today at work? I did. Am I still a sugar addict? I am, right? But I'm weaning myself off with better options honey, dates, peanut butter of the works. And because I did that today, I already feel better. This weekend on Sunday, I guess technically Sunday was day one and today was day two, but on Sunday, I forced myself to dance. I got up and I did some salsa and I posted on my story and that made me feel better. I forced myself to read. I started reading uh, how to do the work by Nicole Lapera. Actually uh, Dr. Nicole Lapera, excuse me. She's the holistic psychologist on Instagram. I bought this book like a couple years ago but I just hadn't read it yet. And I'm finally I'm finally reading it and it's a lot of it's, she talks about a lot of things that I've I've learned about so it's kind of cool to see it all put in one spot. But I forced myself to do those things on Sunday because I hadn't done them and so like I don't I didn't have the mindset and the routine in place still. Like 4 weeks was too long for me to go without doing it. Like I broke the habit, which was like, oh, so annoying. But again, I have grace for myself. I have compassion for myself. And what's important is that I showed up. It's, it's always a good time to show up for yourself and you're never late to the party. As soon as you show up is perfect. Right. So maybe that helps you in your journey. um, To know that like, it's not just you, if you feel, if you feel similarly, like I'm going through it, I'm pretty sure every person on the planet is going through it because guess what? It's the work, right? Kind of like what I talked about before. Showing up for yourself is hard. It's the work. But the thing I wanted to focus on today specifically was like the connection between taking care of my physical body is in direct relation to taking care of my mental, right? In the past, I would have just, you know, fallen into these maladaptive coping mechanisms and just been like... Oh yeah, I'm just a depressed person. Whereas now I'm like, no, like I can literally just like take steps to take care of my physical body that will change the way I show up in my brain. Because again, as soon as I as soon as I read my read my book yesterday, as soon as I danced, as soon as I wrote in my journal, and did these things to show up for myself, and I even made myself a meal—the first meal I've made in a month, um, or at least you know three weeks—I felt better. I felt better because I showed up for myself. And not only, because, not only because I did the act, but because the food and the exercise literally affects my body and how it operates. And that's what I'm going to talk about today um, is the mind-body connection and the gut-body connection. And I know last time I talked about how I was going to have this new format of my show. Well, guess what? I'm ADD. And as soon as I said, this is what I'm going to do every week, my went into shutdown mode of like... Oh my god! How am I going to do this every week? Like, how am I going to write these scripts? And oh my god, I feel a creative block coming. And holy shit! And so I'm not putting that pressure on myself. I'm going to keep it loosey goosey. And um, any given week it could be something different. Who knows? It depends on what. It depends on how my creativity shows up for me that week. And I want to. I want to be open to seeing where that takes me because, just showing up for this podcast alone has been fascinating to me. It's been, it takes effort (laughs) and not fascinating in that, like, I didn't know it took effort, but just like fascinating in how I convince myself that I shouldn't, or like fascinating in how like, well, no one's going to listen anyway. Like just the things I'm thinking about. And like, as soon as I feel like I'm depressed, like my creativity just gets sucked out of my body. But then as soon as I start taking care of my body, my creativity comes right back. And so it's important to me to do this podcast because like, not only have I, do I want to do it to share, you know, the things that I'm learning, but just knowing that I have to do it, that I've committed to it. It's kind of in a way forcing me to take care of myself even more. Because if I, if I don't show up for me, then I can't show up for this podcast and I can't show up for you, which then goes back to me not showing up for myself. Right. So fascinating. So I'm going to dive into the, the, um, mind body, my, like mind gut connection, um, as like the main chunk of the show. But before we get into, into the, the main chunk with like, you know, all the articles that I read and stuff, I want to kind of talk
1: about, I want to talk about, um,
0: well, I I did kind of talk about the, the themes of my life that I've been going through, which I did make a list to go over them quickly. Um, things that have been like in my brain have affecting my mood or just like things like the nonlinear journey of healing and just being alive, not knowing what my next step is, grieving the life I left behind, grieving the people I left behind, leaning into rest, knowing when to rest, respecting my rest, um, noticing the ebbs and flows of how the ebbs and flows of my environment are reflecting directly in the ebbs and flows of my mind, body, and spirit, um, noticing that change is difficult, adjusting to difficulty, giving grace to myself in times of transition, embracing the suck, respecting the struggle, showing up in integrity with self, mentally, physically, and spiritually, feeling isolated, lonely, depressed, uh, feeling inadequate, not being able to show up a thousand percent the way I want to, feeling blocked, feeling overwhelmed, feeling stuck and shut down, feeling that my body and mind are on overload, so much so that I'm kind of in like a free state. And so that's kind of what I was talking about earlier, just kind of how like the old version of me would be experiencing these things and think like, oh, like there's no hope. Like hopelessness would come into play because I felt like I wasn't like I didn't have the tools to get myself out of it. Whereas now I have the tools and I have the awareness. And so now all I have to do is show up in the action. And so, and the action looks like the things I spoke about earlier with the feeding myself and sleeping myself and, you know, working myself out and reading and writing and expressing myself. And so as long as I'm doing those things, like I'm Gucci, I was doing all those things before I moved out here and I felt amazing and I felt aligned and I felt at peace with my decisions, even in the midst of chaos. And as soon as I took those things away, I fell into depression situational depression for sure. Not chronic. I used to have chronic depression because I was chronically not taking care of myself, but now I know better. And so now I can make different choices. And that's what all, everything is about. Life is about choice and making choice and how you can choose how you show up for yourself and you can choose when you don't want to and when you do want to. And, and, um, I'm just, I'm in the middle of that. I'm in the middle of transition. I'm in the middle of chaos and, organizing the pieces in a way that makes sense, that I can digest and that feel good to me. Um, So all that being said, um, that kind of leads me into a book that I have been reading that has helped me in this transition and kind of caused me to transition in a lot of ways into this new life of mine, into this new mindset into a new kind of reality and that book is called the artist way Um, uh, according to wikipedia a summary of the book is that the artist way is a spiritual path to higher creativity Um, it was published it's a self-help book that was published in 1992 by american author julia cameron Um, it was written to help people with artistic creativity with artistic creative recovery which teaches techniques and exercises to assist people in gaining self-confidence and harnessing their creative talents and skills. Which is just like a long way of saying like it's helping people get back to their creativity. The book, that's, that's specifically what the book is trying to do. However, creativity, it's not, it's not getting you back to creativity in just like an artistic sense. It's getting you back to your creativity in being alive as a human on the world right like if like creativity in the in a way that's a concept that's like life itself like life itself is creativity you know how you wash a dish is creativity how you dress yourself is creativity how you show up at work is creativity as well as you know drawing acting singing dancing painting you name it and so I picked up, I actually bought this book, you know, probably about two years, two or three years ago as well when I was on like a big, you know, spiritual journey during COVID and I was like looking up all the books that have helped all the people and that was on the list. It was a big, it was top of the list, like recommended a hundred thousand times. Um, I mean, you can, you can literally Google like the art, how, how the artist's way and how it changes you. And there's like blog after blog after blog about how this book has changed people's lives and and made them pursue their art and like just it's just crazy. So I had heard all this stuff. I'd heard all this hype about this book, The Artist's Way. And then finally, I think what like I'm like when did me when did me and my ex break up? Because I started reading it before before then, but um, I think maybe in August I started reading the book. Maybe late July, August. And I'm only, st- I'm still on, on week eight. Like, I literally read the rest of chapter seven, like today, because I haven't read in, in probably a month. But I started reading this book when I literally, like, I was in a relationship. I had a stable job, stable contract job. Um, You know, I was dancing. I was, I was, I was just kind of on a coasting. I was like hanging out. Like, things were good. And I started reading this book. Because I there were so many creative things that I knew I wanted to do. And I just like I had all these ideas. Like I had this idea for years that I wanted to start a podcast. Like when I say when I say years, I mean like pre-COVID. Like I started a podcast years ago with um with someone who I'm not friends with anymore. But like that was like the idea of just like talking and sharing ideas has been in my creative brain for half a decade, right? that That was a part of it, dancing and choreographing was a part of it, like figuring out how to build my business was a part of my creative desires, right, like all these things were in my brain i just and I just always thought oh i'm a d h d like I don't have access to them, or oh, I'm tired or oh, like I just don't know where to start, or like all of these things were blocking me from from what I really desired and from taking action on those desires, and so I started reading this book. With no expectations. Like I didn't do any research on it. I didn't outside of, you know, people recommending it. And I'm only, I'm on week eight. And just to give you a baseline of how my life has changed. Just to give you, just to give you the rundown. Since I started reading this book and how powerful it is. I'm no longer in that relationship.
1: I am no longer in that job. I
0: started my podcast. I have been, you know, I've been coaching health coaching my sister-in-law. Even though if she's listening to this, I'm sorry that I've been slacking the last week and two weeks because of this move, but I'm moving back on track, don't worry. But I've been, you know, basically running my business. I I booked 3 photo clients randomly. I started teaching my own dance classes. I got a job in media and I moved across the country.
1: All of that happened in seven weeks. How fucking nuts is that?
0: And I remember seeing a TikTok. I can't remember. um, I don't remember who posted it, but there was a girl on TikTok that I saw before I even started. I already bought the book, but I hadn't started reading it yet. And she was like, you guys, like, it's been seven weeks since I've started The Artist's Way. And I don't even live in the same state that I used to live in. And she she was like, if you want to change your life, she was like, she was like, if you don't want to change your life, don't read this book. But if you want to change your life and you want to level yourself up and you want to, you want to like up your creative juices, read this fucking book because you'll have no choice, right? And so I was like, holy shit, I need to read this, right? And so essentially, like the process of this book, right? It's it's a twelve week book slash workbook to help get you back to your creative flow to help get you back to your creative juices, and um, basically like julia cameron has like her method is um it's uh this the process entails daily morning pages three pages a day and a weekly solo artist date which can be anything like a walk in the woods a museum visit a trip to the movies anything as long as you're alone and conscient and conscientiously uh, making the time for it and you do that for 12 weeks so i have started off kind of doing the artist dates but what I really, what I really dug into and made sure that I did consistently was my morning pages. And I think I'm on what day 78, like I'll be journaling after I finish recording this I'm on day 78 of my morning pages. And I actually, the last two weeks have done it every other day. So it should technically be almost a hundred, a hundred days. And I had started before my ex and I broke up. And when I tell you the practice of writing to yourself, with yourself every day, like when I tell you that practice changes your life, it changed mine because guess what? When you're living your everyday life, you know, and you're making decisions and you're having conversations and you're like doing this and you're doing that, you can go days, days, weeks, months without checking in with yourself and what you actually desire and what you want days, weeks, months without checking in with yourself and asking yourself what, why you're actually upset, right? Because you're, you're, you're busy getting groceries and you're busy checking in on your partner and you're busy, you know, doing your job and you're busy just kind of in your hobbies and, and having conversations and, or maybe, maybe you'd still go out. You, you, you're busy going out and drinking and having fun with your friends. Like, you don't have to check in with yourself because you're not facing yourself. You're not asking, you're not sitting down with yourself and, and, and asking yourself, what's up? And that's what the, these morning pages practice, that's what the morning pages practice is, is you literally sitting down with yourself every day. And sometimes I don't do it in the morning. Sometimes I do it at night, but I prefer it when I do it in the morning because it's done and I've checked in with myself and it actually helps me start my day better because I'm aware of all the things that are bugging me, Right like you're forced to sit down and, and talk with yourself when you're doing these morning pages. And it's three pages, no matter if you have anything to talk about or not. Right. So some days you might have, you might have like one page worth of things to say, but then the other two pages, you have to fill it up. And you just, and the way that I do that is I'm just like, I will just write exactly what I'm thinking. Like, I don't know what else to say right now. I have no idea what to say. So I'm just going to keep writing. And, but then, you know, maybe I'll go into like what I'm grateful for. So I think I'm grateful for this and I'm grateful for this. And and then it, I fill up. Three pages worth of gratitude, and I start my day with this note of like, "Holy shit, I'm so grateful to be here." Right? Like, how special is that? And what's crazy is that what, because I was doing this practice of these morning pages, all those things that that were irritating me, or that were like upsetting me, or all that sadness I was feeling when I was breaking up with my ex, I was writing it down. It was so clear to me, like what I was feeling, where it was coming from, why, and like you know. The first page and a half I realized almost out all, almost every time was me whether I was going through the breakup or the the job lost job or whatever, like any kind of anything that irritated me, anything that was like hurting my spirit. The first page and a half was always me like venting like bitching them out or like being frustrated or speaking my truth and just kind of like getting the initial energy out, and then the last page and a half almost always almost always turned to compassion, grace, understanding, gratitude, right? Like it almost always turned into like what, like what I was doing to contribute to the situation that wasn't helpful and self-reflection and, and oh my gosh, like we're just people floating on a rock, you know, and I'm just so grateful to be here and like to have these feelings and to be able to express myself in this way.
1: Like it was just, it's just a fucking crazy
0: ritual to partake in these morning pages because it's so powerful seeing yourself. Right. And then, and then like recently this awareness that I haven't been taking care of myself. I've been disassociating from not taking care of myself for two weeks because I've just been in the process of moving and changing and going to the hotel and finding food and, and emailing with the, with my new job and figuring out how my living situation is going to work. Like all these things have been taking up the forefront of my mind that my health and wellness has been on the back burner. Well, guess what? Those morning pages bring it right to the front, right to the motherfucking front where I can't ignore them. I'm like, oh shit, my bad girl. I've not been taking care of you very well. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. That's why I feel like shit. You know, it's like when I stopped drinking, I'm like, before I stopped drinking, I would feel like shit during the week. And I'm like, Why do I feel so bad? And then I would think, oh, yeah, I poisoned myself the weekend before, you know? Hmm, what a coincidence, right? And so anyway, this book has just rocked my shit um, creatively. I mean, I, in doing this practice on these morning pages and the artist date, like, the artist date for me is always just when I spend time alone and I I need alone time to recharge. So when I first started, it was like, I'm going to take myself to the park and go for a walk or I'm going to go take myself out for a nice meal. Like those, th- that was how I would spend my artistic dates. And I've been more lackadaisical about the dates than I have the morning pages because I was like, oh, no, don't have time. Which is like such a bummer because there's always time. I can give myself an hour a week to do something nice for myself, right? To date myself. And that also aligns with my like becoming a better partner. Um goal for myself is like, I want to be my own best partner. So I want to know how to, I want to know what kind of dates I like to go out on so that if, and when I am in a relationship again, I like they know because I model it for them. They know what I like to do and how I like to be treated because I can model that for, for, for them because I do it for myself. Um, so anyway, so if you're interested in like unlocking your creative juice, your creative power, Getting through those blocks of like the everyday shit that takes up your mind that keeps you from expressing yourself in this like m- this way that flows more. That's you. Um, read this book. And if you don't read this book, just look up Julia Cameron, The Artist's Way, like um, Morning Pages. And I'm sure there's blogs upon blogs of people talking about this work, how to do it. There's probably you know screenshots of the book. I'm like, when she talks about it, um, I challenge you to do that because
1: literally it it's a practice that has made what I know is for me become so clear like I knew that like it became very clear that
0: how my partner was showing up in our relationship was not it didn't it it was not healthy and it was not helpful and so it forced me to sit down and have that conversation with him and it forced us to have the conversation of like maybe we shouldn't be together right because it was so clear to me like the pain points that i was going through and like how the struggle that we were both experiencing and then you know as soon as we spoke our truths and we separated it was like this this you know pressure released and we felt like we i was like oh my god thank you like we were both just in so much gratitude of like yes this is what we needed even though it still hurts right and the same thing with my with the job that i lost like i literally was journaling my morning pages the weekend before I was let go of like, depending on how, I was like, depending on how this person shows up in the conversation, like I'm walking away because, you know, I, I don't just, des- because I, I know that being treated this way is not, is not in my aligned path. Like this does not meet my standard. Right. And, you know, I ended up, I ended up, getting let go before I could even have a conversation. But like I still got clear. Like the morning pages made it very clear as to what was for me and what my next right step looked like. Right. And you know, the same thing with this job. I was journaling about how this new job aligns with all of these goals that I have of like working seasonally, like living somewhere I've never been before, like in an environment I've never been before, with with like-minded people and, you know, I got very clear on that even before I even applied so that when I applied, it was aligned, it was aligned with me and like my next step, like it's part of the plot. You know what I mean? Sorry, there was a lot of noise that just happened I don't know. I didn't know what it was. So anyway, these, this practice of like the morning pages, like if you're serious about, about, um, changing your life and and doing and like doing all the things that you said you wanted to do and getting back to that like playful childlike wonder and creativity like I dare you. I dare you to, to 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 try the morning pages. Give yourself a week, two weeks and see just see how you feel. See what happens. So I want to talk about that too. That book has totally changed my life. I'm I'm still only on week 8 and um that's a little over halfway through but I just cannot even fathom all the things that have happened for me up until this point, for the better. Like even though there's a lot of heart, even though there's a lot of heartbreak involved. Which again, like know that that's a part of the that's a part of the pizza. Like that's a part of the the work is heartbreak. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. The you let go of your fear of heartbreak because it's gonna happen. People are gonna break your heart. Experiences are gonna break your heart. Rejection is gonna break your heart. But it doesn't matter because if this is like a part of your aligned path, then it's worth it. You know, like, fuck it. Like people are going to break your heart. Like who gives a fuck, you know, <laughs> do what you want to do. Um, okay. Dope.
1: So that's that it's kind of getting quieter in the house. So I'm getting more self-conscious.
0: Ah. <laughs> so we talked about the artist way talked about like, well, everything I've been feeling and going through, which is like, blech, but some of the things, the- I found some quotes over the last a couple of weeks and it actually kind of inspired, I guess this, I guess I found these quotes before I even realized what I was going through and what I was feeling, which is funny how the world works like that. But, um, I just, all of these quotes about like things falling apart and like being grateful for it have just been resonating really hard. And, uh, I want to, I want to start off with this video that I found Um, I used to listen to the Rich Roll podcast a lot um, because I really like the people he brings on. And honestly, one of the first episodes I listened to his was an episode he did with his wife. And in the episode, they kind of were there was a lot of tension between the two of them, and they were kind of going through like you. I could sense you know a rough patch in the relationship. Like they were going through this struggle together, having to do with their children and and what to do about their children and. Um, and as they were talking to each other, there was this tension where they, you know, they were disagreeing, but they were talking to each other with all this love and respect. And I was like, whoa, like, is this what it looks like when, when two partners talk to each other with love and compassion, even though they're like frustrated with each other, because this is what I want. Like, I want that, you know, I don't want to be yelled at by my partner and, and called dumb and stupid if we disagree. Right. Because that was kind of modeled for me, right? So that was my expectation as a child. But I don't want that. That's the opposite of what I want. I want to be loved and respected, even in disagreement. So that was one of the first episodes that drew me to this podcast and drew me to Rich Rick, not Rick Roll. Oh my God, Rich Roll. Um, but anyway, a clip of his popped up on my on my uh, Instagram uh, reels and. He talks about respecting the struggle of your life And I want to play it for you Because I think it goes perfectly with Kind of what I've been going through And what I'm trying to embody So I'm going to play the audio real quick And I lost it Okay, well, let me find it real quick I had it queued up for you I promise I'm a professional Oopsie poopsie Let me find it again Holy shit, this is so unorganized Let's see
1: Here we go. Here we go. Ah, it's on mute. Hang on.
0: If you're stuck, if you're struggling, if you if you're being dismantled, if you feel like your life is getting pulled out from underneath you,
1: I say, congratulations. Like, what a fucking opportunity
0: that is. You are being given an opportunity to look at yourself and reconstruct your life from the ground up. Not everybody gets that opportunity and it holds the potential energy to create something entirely new if you're willing to respect it and give it the attention it deserves. When you're in that place, it can feel like you're going to be there forever. But if you devote yourself to that path of self-understanding and you respect the struggle, I'm convinced that no problem
1: is unsolvable because I've seen thousands of lives transformed over the years.
0: So that was, you know, well, right? Like that just if I could summarize what I'm trying to do in this season of my life, like that is it. Like I've kind of torn it all down to it's Foundation kind of base basically my my life down to it's down to the studs, and my'm building it back up slowly, but it's in I'm in the season where I'm still at the studs right, and that's like such a fucking struggle like having to build a house that you don't you're not a contractor, you know what i mean like i'm i'm not a I'm not a construction dude, I don't know how to do things and where to get parts and where to buy supplies and, you know, labor. But it's kind of like what I said a couple of weeks ago. It's like before my energy would have been like, it's all on me to make it happen. Oh no. But now it's like, it's all on me to make it happen. Oh my God, how exciting. And and even though I'm excited and even though I'm, ungrateful, it is like, it is a struggle. It is a struggle feeling oh, isolated and feeling misunderstood, maybe in my choices, feeling, I'm not feeling, I have no regrets about my choices, but I just know that there's like discomfort in starting new. It's uncomfortable to like not Know everything, right? And to be in a a place where you you do have to start from scratch. You have to start all over again. And I don't mean start all over in terms of like the things that I know, the things that I've learned, and the person I am. But I mean start all over in like building relationships and and building the life that I want, right? Like I've known for years that I haven't want I didn't want to work a nine to five anymore, and. My compromise for my job I have now is that yes, I work a nine to five, but I'm doing work that I enjoy in an environment that I like, which is like outside for the most part, right? And I wasn't gonna give that up. And also do it for the plot. Like it's an adventure as well. Like this is also an adventure. Like I'm in a cool place where I can adventure and see a bunch of things I've always wanted to see. So like checks off a lot of my boxes, even though it is still technically a nine to five. But I'm in a season of of struggle. Especially because I want to, I'm trying to start my own business and I'm trying to get this podcast off the ground. I'm, I am showing up for these projects I've always wanted to do my whole life, and see if I can make money doing it. Because ultimately, I want to work for myself. And in that struggle, even though I know it's for things that I'm excited about, like for in a future where like I can't, I don't know if the my labors will have fruit. if, If there will be fruits of my labor, but I, but I have a feeling there will be.
1: And that's exciting, but like, I'm trying to
0: respect the struggle. I'm trying to respect the struggle because I know where I'm going, but it's in the struggle where it's hard to like really appreciate it. But that's where I'm at in my life now. Like I've struggled before. I've, I've been in situations that were, you know, trials, tribulations, whatever. Like I know struggle, but now I have like an appreciation for it that I'm trying to really lean into I'm trying to lean into like the hardness, the difficulty because I know that once once I conquer it it's going to feel so juicy. It's going to feel so rewarding. It's going to feel like I earned
1: it and it's going to be awesome.
0: Um and essentially I found this other quote online, I think in a Huffington Post article and it says respecting your struggle believes that in life there's room for failure. You don't have to be afraid of being different. You don't always have to be strong. You are not alone in your suffering. And despite the struggles that you face, your life is deserving of its best chance. And that's where I, that's where I think I'm at, I'm at right now. And what I realized this weekend is like, not only am I struggling, you know, mentally and physically and how those, those things are, to, are connected because of how I've been taking care of myself, but I am struggling like in doing the work. Like the work is not easy. The work is difficult, but I'm res- I'm trying to, res- I'm doing my best to respect it and just show up for it because nothing worth doing is,
1: is, is easy. You know, the choice in choosing it is easy, but actually showing up and making it happen is it takes,
0: it takes inspired effort. Um, which is why I need to double down on taking care of myself because it's hard when I'm taking care of myself. Imagine wh- how it feels when I'm not, you know? And that's where I'm at right now. But I'm doing it anyway. Look at me. I'm look at me. I'm, we're like how what? How many minutes in? Almost an hour in and I've just been chit-chatting. Just tickety-talking. Um and that leads me into some other quotes um that I found that kind of that are in the same line with uh respecting your struggle and one of them says, "I kind of like when it falls apart, because now I can make it how I want, and another quote says, "I'm grateful it it all fell apart now I get to move on to better things and if that isn't if those aren't synopses of my life over the last three four months, I don't know what is because everything has fallen apart like in the best way, and it's like and it's my fault it's literally my fault because I've been journaling and I've been showing up for myself, and I've been getting clear about what I want and what i and what I don't want and where I want to be and where I don't want to be and what I want my life to look like and the universe has aligned me with that it's like I hear you girl you're showing up in this way and and if this is what you want this is what you have to go through and I'm very much so in 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 a time of my life of like rebuilding getting clear and learning how to
1: Produce my own happiness by making my own choices and
0: following through with them with conviction. You know, I've I've leaned on other people for happiness for a long time. And um
1: it's just time for me to show up for me and
0: to prove to myself that I can and that I will. And so that one day I can share that with other people again. But I, I'm very much so in a, in a time of hibernation and a time of being a hermit in a time of putting in the work so that I can see the fruits of my labor later on. And, um, I'm getting kind of emotional talking about it, but, um, I'm very clear on, I'm very clear on the vision of that I have for myself. It just, it is hard sometimes dealing with the fact that it is like a solo gig, you know. not a lot of people
1: understand and I have to do by myself (laughs) oh my god I'm crying
0: (sighs) so if that resonates you know you're not alone my guy you are not alone and um I feel like I I feel like I should have talked about the mind gut connection information before I talked about all other stuff um But essentially I was just going to get into like the science behind the mind-body connection and how to take care, how taking care of yourself directly affects your, your brain. And, um, essentially I found some articles on, um, the National Library of Medicine and on Harvard Health Publishing that talked about, um, the, just, just like the key takeaways, right? Um on the mind-body connection and food's impact on your mood. Cause I've been dealing with obviously food and how it's been in my in the sugar that I've been in ingesting and how that's making me feel like a sad girl. And I've had this theory for a while, but so now it's just like more research and more science is coming out about how your, you know, your gut is your second brain and and all this stuff. So I've got some key points I wanna just share with you guys before we wrap up today's episode just in case you didn't you didn't believe me when i talked about it you know i've got science so mind body connection um three main points there's a holistic impact the mind and body are in, are intricately connected influencing each other's well-being this connection is supported by mounting evidence in the field of mind body medicine um Two, there's surprising outcomes. Studies such as one on mystastic breast cancer patients reveal unexpected positive outcomes when addressing the mind in conjunction with medical treatments. Psychological interventions like group therapy and stress reduction techniques um, have been shown to contribute to improved quality of life, even longevity. Uh, Three, there's lifestyle matters. Uh, clinical success stories like that of Dean Ornish emphasize the science, the significance of lifestyle changes in preventing and reversing conditions like heart disease, mind-body interventions, including interdisciplinary research fields, like psychoneuroimmunology recognize the complex interplay between, um, psychological, neurological, and immune, immunological factors. Um, and a couple points on food's impact on mood, um, serotonin production so serotonin a crucial neurotransmitter is predominantly produced in the gastrointestinal tract so you know where your food goes the gut with its intricate network of neurons influenced by quote-unquote good bacteria plays a key role in both digestion and emotional regulation Uh, dietary patterns traditional diets rich in unprocessed foods like vegetables fruits and fish are associated with lower risk of depression in contrast western dietary patterns so american eating patterns are high in processed and refined foods and that correlates with an increased risk of mental health issues um probiotics and fermented foods act uh, as natural sorry fermented foods act as natural probiotics positively influencing the gut microbiome this link between bacteria beneficial bacteria inflammation and mood and mood challenges conventional views on the separation of mental and physical well-being also nutrient deficiencies um like deficiencies in vitamin B12 and B9 and zinc can manifest as symptoms of depression and dementia, which are the essential building blocks for neurotransmitters like serotonin and proper brain function, um, inflammation and the, oh, what the heck is this called? The brain something neurotropic fa- factor, BDNF. Oh yeah. Brain derived neurotropic factor. Um, so, inflammation is processed as a mediator between diet and mental health. Inflammation is process, proposed as a mediator between diet and mental health with low brain-derived neurotropic factor levels associated with various mental disorders. This uh, brain-derived neurotropic factor is implicated in the mechanism of action of antidepressant medications and also the microbiome influence. Emerging research suggests that the microbiome influenced by food choices can impact mental health through various mechanisms. Include, including neuroplastic processes. Basically, all this is saying that your dietary choices are not only crucial for your physical health, but also have a profound impact on your mental well-being. From the mind-body connection to the mind-gut axis, evidence suggests that what you eat plays a significant role in maintaining holistic health. Choose your food wisely for a happier, healthier you. So essentially, main takeaways are the fact that you know the foods we eat right they have different nutrients in them like omega 3s for instance there was a, a part of this article that talked about specifically omega 3 and how uh, the proportions of like our omega 6 our omega 6 and omega 3s in the american diet like omega 6 outweigh omega 3s by a lot you know by a, a lot because omega omega 6s are basically in like vegetable oils which are what people use to cook food in restaurants and things whereas omega 3s are in fish and um and like olive oil which is like a, a better for your brain health essentially and like when you don't get enough omega 3s like you're not going to get a, your your serotonin's not going to be produced as as much or as well which it's like your serotonin levels your dopamine levels all this stuff is they're all getting like um choked out because you're not getting enough of that omega 3 vitamin essentially so that's just one way that food can affect how your brain operates and how it functions uh, you know correctly um there's also the talking about how inflammation um will feed you know the bad bacteria in your gut um which will affect your neural pathways and and mess up how your how your brain again processes information which if you're feeding your body sugar for instance like that's an inflammatory food and if you're filling your body with inflammation, then it's getting, it's going from your gut to your brain. And of course your, your mood's going to be different if you have inflammation versus if you don't have inflammation. Because everything I've read says that inflammation is like the, the foundation of every disease, every dis-ease starts with inflammation somewhere in the body, usually in the gut. Um, and there's, a, I, I, there's a bunch of, um, this aren't these articles that I, I put on here, but I don't know if I should read them all word for word or not, because I don't want to bore you guys to death.
1: Um, I really wanted to focus on the mind-gut axis.
0: Um, okay, I'm just going to read you some of this Some of this article, just because maybe I'll read you all the things that I, I found, just because I, I think it's fascinating. Because I don't think a lot of us think a we don't put as much emphasis on what we eat as I think we should, because literally your food is fuel and it, your health is wealth. And how do you get your health is through food, food and exercise. And how can you exercise? You need the food to, to, to burn the calories, right? So, okay, I found this article. It's called How the Food You Eat. Um, actually, it's called Nutritional Psychiatry, Your Brain on Food. And in the section that I, I found most interesting, it says how the foods you eat affect your mental health. This is an article written on Harvard, Harvard Health Publishing. You can find it on health.harvard.edu. Um, how the foods you eat affect your mental health. Serotonin, serotonin is a neurotransmitter that helps regulate sleep and appetite, mediate moods, and inhibit pain. Since about 95% of your serotonin is produced in your gastrointestinal tract, and your gastrointestinal tract is lined with 100 million nerve cells or neurons, it makes sense that the inner workings of your digestive system don't just help you digest food, but also guide your emotions. Fascinating stuff, right? What's more, the function of these neurons and the production of neurotransmitters like serotonin is highly influenced by the billions of quote-unquote good bacteria that make up your intestinal microbiome. These bacteria play an essential role in your health. They protect the lining of your intestines and ensure they provide a strong barrier against toxins and quote-unquote bad bacteria. They limit inflammation, they improve how well you absorb nutrients from your food, and they activate neural pathways that travel directly between the gut and the brain. So holy shit, that is a lot of work that, that these little guys are doing. It says, studies have compared traditional quote-unquote diets like the Mediterranean diet and the traditional Japanese diet to a typical quote-unquote Western diet and have shown that the risk of depression is 25% to 35% lower in those who eat a traditional diet. Scientists account for this difference because these traditional diets tend to be high in vegetables, fruits, unprocessed grains, and fish and seafood and to contain only modest amounts of lean meats and dairy. They are also void of processed and refined foods and sugars, which are staples of the quote-unquote Western dietary pattern. In addition, many of these unprocessed foods are fermented and therefore act as natural probiotics. This may sound implausible to you, but the notion that good bacteria not only influence what your gut digests and absorbs, but that they also affect the degree of inflammation throughout your body, as well as your mood and energy level. Um, This idea is gaining traction amongst researchers. So literally I go back to how I've been feeling the last four weeks. What have I been eating? I've been eating a Western diet. I've been eating, you know, oily chips and salt and I've been eating M&M's and donuts and literally just all the other grimy little foods I can get my fingers on. Um, So yeah, my serotonin levels have been affected. My my depression has been infected. Like my, all the gut, all the bacteria in my gut is full of quote unquote, bad bugs, bad bacteria. That's just full of toxins that have just been, are being shipped up to my brain every millisecond, I'm sure. And it's giving me all this inflammation and just fucking up my, my mental, my mental health, my, my mindset, like how I'm showing up every day. It's, it's totally altering how I'm viewing the world. And it didn't even take that long right? Isn't that crazy? Like I go from eating whole foods, drinking water, not eating sugar, not eating caffeine for three, you know, at least a good three months to, and feeling amazing and showing up for my art and feeling confident and creative and like excited, even though all these other feelings of grief and sadness are, are among, are in me, I can deal with them more appropriately and still show up for myself when I'm eating these good foods. And I'm cooking meals for myself and I'm, you know, whatever. And as soon as I take away, take that away, it's like harder to cope. It's harder to sleep. It's harder to do these healthy habits, right? And not only that, but it's like doubling my grief that I was dealing with before because I can't cope with it in an appropriate way. And because I'm not coping in an appropriate way, I just keep going in that negative spiral pattern and I'm just, it's so frustrating. So that is, that talks about the gut, I mean, the mind-gut access. And then I found another article that's a little more scientific um, on the National Library of Medicine, uh, ncbi.nlm.nih.gov, which talks about food, mood, and brain health, the implications for modern clinicians. This article is a little bit more wordy. Um, it talks more about de- like the deficiencies and like what those deficient like the deficiencies in vitamins like B12, B9, and zinc, and how they can cause depression and, and dementia, fatigue, cognitive decline, irritability, um, and how the evidence linking diet to mental illness has evolved from a focus on specific nutrient deficiencies to an emphasis on overall dietary pattern. So essentially, you know, if you miss your vitamins once, twice, three times in a row, like you're not, it's not going to cause dementia. However, if you do consistently eat a Western diet with the greasy foods and the oils and the, and you're not eating vegetables and you're, and if you are eating vegetables, they're covered in butter. You know, if you're consistent with that Western diet, with not eating vegetables, fruits, and, and just overall healthier whole foods, you are more likely to be deficient in those vitamins consistently or even chronically, and that's what can lead lead to chronic depression and possibly dementia. Um, It says, the brain is an organ with very high metabolic and nutrient demands. On average, the brain consumes 20% of a person's daily caloric intake, approximately 400 calories per day. It is composed of 60% fat and contains high concentrations of cholesterol and polyunsaturated fatty acids, such as omega-3s which is why you need omega-3s in your diet because it literally directly correlates to your brain health. Your brain needs those omega-3s to keep operating. So if you're feeding omega-6s instead of omega-3s, that's a big no-no. You're going to hurt yourself. It's going to mess your brain up. Um, It says another aspect on the frontier of the link between diet and mental health is the microbiome. Uh, Fermented foods have been part of the human diet since the Paleolithic period, and they remain part of the dietary practices of most known traditional diets today. It appears that dietary pattern can influence mental health through a number of mechanisms. Basic building blocks of the brain, such as um, monoamine neurotransmitters, myelin, and neuronal membranes depend on adequate nutrient intake. Food choice influences neuroplastic processes via effects on the brain-derived neurotropic factor, expression, and systemic inflammation via omega-3 to omega-6 ratio. Finally, food is a primary arbiter of the microbiome an emerging area of research in general and mental health. So that's a little bit of background on the science behind why. At least in my case, like my food has been fucking up my mental health and my lack of physical activity has been messing up my mental health. Um, um, I mean, literally this, this, another, uh, article from the National Library of Medicine talks about the mind-body connection, not just the mind-gut connection and how it says the potential of stress reduction and social support as a therapeutic intervention became evident in the late 1980s during a study of women with breast cancer. Um, This is David Spiegel, director of the Psychosocial Research Laboratory at Stanford University, wanted to determine whether women with metastatic breast cancer who participated in supportive expressive group therapy had better quality of life and symptom control than those who received only medical treatment. To his and others' surprise, not only did the women have better quality of life and less pain, but they also lived significantly longer. It says, these unexpected findings triggered a large body of research into mind-body interventions, such as group therapy, stress reduction techniques, and cognitive behavioral therapy, and whether they can affect survival in pain and cancer, AIDS, and bone marrow transplant patients, with findings split between positive and negative for life expectancy. A main focus of research is the relationship between stress and cardiovascular disease, asthma, inflammatory diseases, autoimmune diseases, and cancer. Um... And cancer, and whether stress reduction can extend patients' lives. One recent study, for example, found that CBD could help to reduce viral load in HIV positive men treated with highly active antiretroviral therapy. Now, researchers, researchers attributed the improvement to changes in depressed mood. Depression itself is under study for possible links to a range of inflammatory diseases. Several studies show it to be an emerging risk factor for heart disease. Um, Yeah, and then it says, um, an example of how far mind-body medicine has come over the past three decades is the success story of Dean Ornish, clinical professor of medicine at the University of California and founder, president, and director of the Preventative Medicine Research Institute in in Sausalito, California, when he claimed in in the early 1980s that heart disease could be prevented and even reversed with lifestyle changes. Quote unquote, a combination of very low fat vegetarian diet, meditation or yoga, moderate exercise, stress management, and social support. He was not treated seriously by mainstream medicine until studies confirmed its efficacy. Uh, Today, Ornish's program has been adapted, adopted in many mainstream cardiovascular clinics throughout the USA, and he continues research whether his program can help prevent heart disease in patients with type two diabetes, as well as halt the progression of prostate cancer. So, okay, literally, this is talking about this mind body connection. So we talked about the mind food connection. I mean access and how if you don't get certain vitamins and like you don't give your body probiotics, like your body cannot function properly and that's going to mess up your mental health on a physical uh biological level. And then this is talking about your mind body your mind body connection which is you know literally like being like researchers found that being in community, doing yoga, meditating can reduce your risk of heart disease and can, and reduce your, your, your pain when you're going through like these things. There's even, there was even something I found that was talking about how, um, and I didn't put it in here, but I found it in my read, when I was researching about how important, like the placebo effect, right? it's like the, the placebo effect is basically like the old school way of saying mind-body connection, right? Because there was this um. This doctor who, you know, told this man that he had, I think it was like throat cancer, esophagus cancer, and he had three months to live, right? Um, and a week later he died. Well, it turns out that like he was misdiagnosed. He didn't have any cancer in his esophagus at all. And he would have been fine, but because the man thought he was dying of cancer, like his mind thought he had three months to live. Like that killed him. Like he totally got, like didn't even die from cancer. He just, he just died from his, from thinking he had cancer. And because it, it felt so real to him because that's what he was told. Isn't that crazy? And so that's what this is kind of speaking to is just how powerful the mind is in your healing journey. If you think you can get healthy, that's your first step. Right. And if, um, and so anyway, so if you think that you are, so if, if you add that to like, let's say my situation, if I, sit here and think of myself as a piece of shit for like not taking care of myself and and talking down on myself and just thinking that I can't do it then I'm, I'm going to stay in that place and I'm going to prove myself right but if I think no this is just part of my journey and there's a lot going on I'm going to keep showing up for myself even if it's incrementally you know I'm grateful to be here I'm grateful for this awareness I'm going to try again tomorrow then that's exactly where I'm going to meet myself I'm going to meet myself in that effort you know and so i that's that's what i wanted to bring to, t- to the table today i didn't write a script about anything um i just wanted to be real i want to just show up and let you know where i'm at and some of the insights that i'm experiencing and and to just say like even even though you're you could be going through this mental thing like there are ways that you can combat it through your physical body. Like you can move your emotions by expressing them, by moving your body, by dancing, by shaking. Like you can chill the fuck out by just sitting still and taking some deep breaths, doing some yoga. You can, you know, feel better in your body by feeding yourself nutritious food and showing up for yourself at least, you know, one meal a day where you're eating in a way that feels good in your body, not it does not necessarily have to be healthy, but just something that helps you feel good. Like if making your food just by itself helps you feel better about yourself, then do that. If taking five minutes to meditate makes you feel better, do that. If writing in your journal makes you feel better, do that. Figure out ways to biohack your your yourself because I'm telling you, if you're doing all those things, if you're if you're exercising and you're eating well and you're and you're getting good sleep, and getting good water intake, and you still feel like shit, okay, that's fine. Maybe reach out for help. Maybe, you know, call, phone a friend, look for a therapist, hug your mom, whatever, whatever it is. But don't just write yourself off with depression and anxiety before you take steps to take care of your physical vessel first. It's such an important part of the journey is taking care of your physical vessel. Because a lot of, like I would say eight times out of 10, if you feel like garbage or shit, it's probably because you're treating your body like shit. That's just my best guess. I'm not a doctor. This is not medical advice, but try taking care of your body first. Do the things you, 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 you want to do that you told yourself you would, you would do. Build that relationship with yourself. Build that reputation with yourself. Do the things you say you're going to do. Take care of your physical body and watch how your mental
1: reacts. Keep tabs on your mental.
0: My bet is that you at least feel better. That would be my best. That would be my, I would bet money on that. You feel a little bit better about yourself. You feel more confident in yourself. You feel more ready for the day. And I know this because I've lived it. Okay. And I'm not saying that what works for me works for you. You have to figure out what that is, but you have to try. Okay. Like you have to try. I know I've said this before, but you have to try and you have to show up and also acknowledge that like, it is hard, right? Embrace the suck, respect the struggle, right? It's, it takes effort to take care of yourself. It takes effort to look into the tools of how to take care of yourself and then to apply those tools and to, and to do it consistently. Like it takes inspired effort, but you fucking deserve it. Period. Okay. I'm saying this to you because I'm saying this to me, right? I'm hyping both of us up right now because I'm in the middle of it. I'm in the middle of of doing my best to respect the struggle and to embrace the suck and to rest when I need to rest and to put in effort when I need to put in effort and to show up when when I say I will. And so I will leave you with that. (laughs) it just got so hot in my room because like my body is just like, I guess, I am I guess I just need to get all this out. Right. But that being said, thank you so much for tuning in. If you got anything out of this episode, first of all, thank you. Like, thank you for showing up. Thank you for being here. Um, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this for us. I hope it had I hope it has some value for you. I hope that at the very least it was entertaining listening to me ramble. Um and because I showed up today, just
1: just speak to be totally transparent, like I feel better about myself. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. Um
0: and tomorrow is going to be day 2 of me sticking to my no sugar, no caffeine, you know, eat whole foods. Ritual. Day two, right? I'm starting from scratch all over again, but like it's okay to start over, right? There is no, it's all practice, right? That's something I say to myself all the time. We're just practicing. We're practicing how to take care of ourselves. We're practicing how to live better lives. We're practicing how to be better humans. That's it. We're just here to practice because it feels good just because we can. So that's me for episode six of Perfection Unfolding. I'm your host, Kara G. Campbell. It's been a pleasure. Please, please, please like, share, give us a five-star review if you feel called. Follow the podcast on YouTube. If you don't listen on YouTube, maybe listen on YouTube. You know, it gets people out there. lets people know. It helps people find the podcast um, on YouTube and on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell your friends um, if you feel so cold. And follow the the pod on Instagram at perfection unfolding pod. Follow me on Instagram at Kara G Campbell. And if you're looking for some advice or if you're looking just to share some some good news, uh email me at perfectionunfoldingpod at gmail.com. And I'll share whatever whatever you want on the show. I'll respond. i I'm here to give some anecdotal advice, so please hit me up. Uh, it would be an honor and a pleasure to help in whatever way i can so with that i love you so much thank you so much you know what i didn't do i didn't do my gratitude section it's okay next week's the week i promise i promise i promise this week i'm grateful for you just know that much i love you and i'll talk to you next week bye